we're on a mission to help women get healthy for good. Join me each week for a new episode that'll help you sustain healthy habits and nourish your body so you can flourish in life. When it comes to nutrition, does it feel like you know what to do, you're just not doing it? Or maybe you find yourself stuck in this annoying all or nothing cycle. If it sounds like I'm reading your diary, well, that was my diary for a while too. And it's also the story of the thousands of women I've personally coached. That's why I created Flourish, the nutrition and body image support app made for women. If you recognize that diets don't work, but just not dieting isn't helping you feel your best either, download Flourish today. Your first live session with one of our credentialed nutrition and psychology experts is totally free, no credit card required. From there, you'll continue your journey with personalized accountability and support so that once you graduate from Flourish, you'll never need another nutrition program again. So head to the show notes and download Flourish for iOS or Android today. Hello and welcome back to the Flourish podcast. I am so delighted to be here with you and a very special guest from the Flourish team. I have Julie, our mindset coach here with me. Welcome Julie to the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much, Claire. I am honored to be here. Well, the honor is all mine. So before we get into today's topic, which is very much of the time and of the season, will you give us an understanding for, for those listening who aren't members and who have perhaps maybe never worked with a mindset coach? What do you as our mindset coach do inside of Flourish and, and how do you support our members? What are kind of some of the common topics that you help them tackle? Yeah, absolutely. So generally speaking, as a coach at Flourish, we get to lead group calls every week, and we also get to work individually with our members in one-on-one coaching. And specifically as a mindset coach, some of the topics that I get to cover range from, you know, really looking at mind work with limiting beliefs, maybe black and white thinking, and any any thinking that could just be holding us back and we're getting in the way of ourselves too. And it can also range from body image and the emotions and thoughts that come up with body image and really getting to work through a lot of what comes up when healing your relationship with food and your body. I love it. Yeah. The way that we, you know, coach and flourish is certainly different from I think what a lot of people have experienced prior to to joining the membership and we have you already met if you've been listening to the podcast, you already met Elizabeth, our nutrition coach, and now we have Julie here and the way I like to kind of help people understand like that relationship because the work that that you and Elizabeth do, I I like to think of it as kind of like a Venn diagram, right? There's certain topics that you know, our members go and and seek nutrition coaching support. And then there are certain topics in which our members go and seek mindset coaching support. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff in the, the middle. Um, but the way I always like to kind of help frame it up is before you're putting any, you know, food inside your mouth or anything like that, you are having a thought. Sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's unconscious, sometimes it's a thought that's like rooted, you know, way back in your history and and all that. And that's what the the mindset coach support is, is there to help you first bring awareness to and then kind of figure out, okay, is this serving me? And if not, how do I choose something else? So love that. How did you get here? <laughs> Julie, right. give us, yeah, give us like the the personal meets professional background. 
Yeah, absolutely. So personally speaking, you know, as a woman in this world, I think it would be impossible to not have a relationship with food and our bodies. And so I, you know, definitely have just a complicated one. And, you know, when I was on diets a lot of my life, there was a lot of disordered eating and eventually was able to get to a place where I really confronted my relationship with food and my body was able to work through it, get to this place now where I feel really confident around food with my body and able to, you know, help others, you know, find their own healing too. And professionally speaking, I went to school for social work. I got my master's in social work. And since then I've been pretty much working exclusively with women or individuals who either struggle with disordered eating or eating disorders and that's been my specialty and my focus. I find it to be incredibly challenging work, but also incredibly rewarding at times when there are these breakthroughs and seeing these individuals really come to peace with food in their bodies. And honestly, at that point, start living their lives really in incredible ways. Absolutely. We have some just incredible client stories, remember stories. And what's amazing is that especially with Julie, you know, a lot of our members will come in with like a very specific kind of issue or challenge with food or body image. And then once that's, you know, resolved or in a better place, there's like a whole other host of things that come up in conversations with Julie, whether it's about relationships or career changes or or things like that. Because once that, once you experience that freedom from food and body stuff, you you have like the mental and emotional capacity to start handling other things that are are coming up in life, which is super cool. Yeah, a hundred percent. Getting the space to, you know, live your life for more than food and your body is truly amazing. I love it. Okay. So we wanted to bring Julie on because of course she is just an integral part of the team and, and of course our member experience, but We wanted to bring her on specifically at this time of year to talk about boundaries because the holidays are upon us. We are four days out from Christmas. We've got New Year's coming up. And for many of us, this means, you know, spending time with family or away from family um, with with loved ones, perhaps with people that we don't see uh, a ton. Um, And the need for boundaries can be very high, especially around this time. So why don't we kind of just start there with how you, Julie, would define boundaries, both in terms of what boundaries are and also what boundaries maybe are not. Yeah, so really to simplify it for everyone listening, boundaries simply are neatly set, either between you and yourself or you and others, and they are subjective and do not need to be justified to anyone, as long as they are about prioritizing what is in your best interest they are justified. And to speak to kind of what a boundary is not, I would say a boundary, you know, really isn't coming from a place of selfishness. It's also not about changing the other person, which can be the hardest thing to really wrap our heads around too. And, you know, it's also has nothing to do with necessarily how bad a behavior is. So like I said, it's subjective and to, you know, me, it might really make sense and really be something I need. And to someone else, they just might not understand it. But I think we have to kind of keep coming back to what our intention is when setting the boundary and feeling, 
you know, 100% justified in that. So for those of us who are perhaps not as comfortable setting boundaries, we don't have maybe as much practice, we're not as familiar with kind of the concept of boundaries, it can feel, it can feel harsh. And, and I think part of that is because there is this idea that boundaries are selfish, which you mentioned, or, or that they're controlling and that, you know, kind of by way of that, that boundaries don't feel healthy. So what do you say to someone who's maybe kind of like grappling with that tension? Yeah. Well, as a, I like to say, recovering people pleaser, I definitely used to find boundaries to be really selfish and controlling. And like, I didn't have a right to set a boundary with someone else. Um, but, you know, I think that if you think prioritizing, you know, your well-being and your best interests is selfish, then in some way, boundary setting could be thought of as selfish. However, I think inherently in the definition of selfishness, it would have to be that you are like kind of lacking consideration of those that you are kind of setting the boundary with. And so while yes, you're prioritizing your well-being and, you know, your I'd say mental health as well, I wouldn't say that inherently you are lacking consideration for others. I would actually say you are considering others and your relationship with that person because you're trying to make sure it's sustainable. And Mm. likely if you feel a need to set a boundary, something about that dynamic is not feeling great. It might be feeling exhausting or frustrating, or you might even be getting some resentment from that relationship, you know, unintentionally where you're having that thought of, you know, something needs to change and a boundary could be kind of the perfect solution. I love that. What do you, what do you see um, in terms of how boundaries affect relationships? Yeah, I think I see, you know, a range of both great things and maybe more negative outcomes as well, because, when setting a boundary, again, you're, you're noticing something in the relationship isn't feeling great. So there is a need for change in some way. And so I think setting that boundary can really shine light to you and that person of what's not working and how that can affect that relationship is, you know, one, that person may not understand, you know, why you're setting the boundary, why you need that too. And they might be upset and that could impact, you know, whether that relationship continues or how they feel about the relationship, how you feel about that person too. However, I think in a positive sense, boundary setting can make that relationship so much more sustainable because likely you're going to get back the capacity that you are missing. And that person will really value that you're respecting your needs and your time and conserving your energy and able to show up to that relationship in a much better way where you're getting that authentic person at their kind of full capacity to give that to that relationship too. Yeah. As you're kind of sharing this, I, I keep thinking that if you set a boundary kind of in the right way and and with the the right intentions and perhaps there are <laughs> we could maybe dig into ways to not set a boundary um but again assuming that you're setting a boundary for you and that you're communicating it in a way that is respectful and well-intentioned and things like that the setting of the boundary is an incredible opportunity for the person on the other side of the boundary to 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 show you who they are exactly 
and you get to decide what to do with that information, right? I think setting a, a you know a boundary with someone can be very challenging. And when someone meets you with respect and you know honoring that boundary, that can have such a positive impact on the relationship. And if the opposite is true, then that can also help you understand where to place that relationship in your life. And even though that might be hard and challenging, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, right? Because do you really want to be in relationship or in close relationship with someone who can't respect your boundaries? Probably not. A hundred percent. Something I always say is even if something feels easier, in this case, maybe not setting a boundary and just, you know, putting your head down and going going through the motions, it doesn't mean it's ultimately better for you to yeah. not do that hard thing. Totally. Yeah. We often talk about kind of like short-term versus long-term inside of Flourish. And and a lot of the things that we do um, or that we know that we quote unquote should do or actually should do, in especially you know when we're talking about boundaries, things like that, in the short term, it feels really challenging and it feels difficult. But in the long term, it's going to pay back in, in spades. So yeah, yeah I, I hear that. So how can I or how can someone listening tell if a boundary is needed? So in thinking of, you know, when would be a good time to set a boundary, I think we can think of it in two ways, whether you're setting a boundary for yourself, just with yourself or with other people, it might look different. So I think when setting a boundary with someone else, you're probably noticing that something feels either activating, difficult, or kind of triggering an emotional reaction that doesn't feel good. Something's uncomfortable. You're noticing that and you're kind of wondering how to navigate that too. So I think that is the first step, really identifying that something isn't feeling right and something isn't feeling good and change could be helpful. And I think in thinking of boundaries setting with yourself, it's potentially noticing something similar, right? Something's not feeling great, or really I think you're noticing that your own capacity is lower than usual. You don't necessarily have the same energy to show up for yourself, or you know, maybe losing interest or losing focus in kind of everyday tasks as well. And I think that some of that could also be true for when thinking of boundaries with others, right? How is your capacity? How is your energy? what's feeling difficult. I totally hear that. I was thinking about, I love the concept of setting a boundary with yourself. (laughs) I think (laughs) that is a really powerful tool. I was thinking in my head, like what boundaries have I set with myself recently? And, And also it's really interesting is that sometimes when you have a boundary set with yourself, you can also kind of socialize that boundary. So for example, I, I have a boundary set with myself that I get off screens and certainly work-related screens, so like this giant computer I'm sitting in front of, by 8 p.m. And I have to also set that same boundary with John, my husband, who works inside of Flourish, to say like it's screens off, work off at 8 p.m. And that like mutual kind of shared boundary is is really powerful and it helps up actually uphold it. And so that's like kind of a, that's an evergreen boundary year round. But what are some examples of boundaries that, you know, one might set with others or might set with themselves that would be really useful around the the holidays, especially as it pertains to like food and body? I think, you know, identifying probably before the holiday interaction happens, you know, what 
you are anticipating is going to be difficult. You know, is someone there likely to make a comment about your body or will there likely be a lot of diet talk? You know, what, what diet everyone is on now or about to start in the new year. So I think first intentionally kind of setting, sitting down with yourself and kind of having that internal conversation of what am I worried about? What am I feeling anxious about? And what can I do about that? And then, you know, some boundaries could be, and I think it is important to say again, that these are subjective and what's going to work for you is not necessarily going to work for everyone. And also really just starting where you're comfortable. So, you know, one example could be kind of verbalizing the boundary of diet talk comes up or a comment is made about your body and you kind of verbally say, you know, I do not want comments being made about my body. I don't want to talk about diets. I'm, you know, working on a different relationship with food in my body. And if this conversation is going to continue, I have to walk away. I have to leave the room, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that can be, I think, a very strong and clear boundary to set. However, if you're not ready necessarily for something like that, maybe you want something that feels more comfortable or safer, even simply kind of just telling yourself beforehand, if diet talk comes up, if anyone comments on your body, you can be silent. That could be the best boundary for you. You don't have to respond. You don't always have to feel like you need to be the advocate mm -hmm. in that situation. And so maybe, you know, just being quiet, maybe taking space out of the room without making it known why, why you're taking space could be the best way to really protect yourself and your well-being. Yeah. I, I love the idea of really priming yourself for that and not allowing yourself to be surprised when diet talk comes up or right. if your Aunt Linda comments on your body every single time you come home for the holidays. Like, I'm sorry, but this is probably not going to be the year that she doesn't make a comment. And so rather right. than just like spending, you know, this energy here, we're on December 21st, if you're going home on the 24th, let's say, like spend the next three days thinking about what am I going to do when Aunt Linda makes a comment about my body rather than like, oh, I really hope this is the year that Aunt Linda doesn't make a comment about my body. Like probably not going to happen. Maybe, maybe she, maybe she won't this year. That's fine. If that's the case, great. You will have prepared in advance and that is probably going to be what is, what is best for you. And, and recognizing, like ha predicting, how do I want to respond? What does my, how does my best self respond when someone makes a comment about my body or when everyone is talking about the diet that they're going to start in January? How do I want to show up for myself? Yeah. And, you know, yeah, worst case, nothing happens. But best case, you have a toolkit ready and you have prepared ahead of time and kind of have that armor going into the situation with I'm ready to protect myself if and when needed. Totally. You touched on a framework, I think, or something that could be used as a framework for setting boundaries with other people. And I just want to make sure that I, I basically heard this correctly, because what you touched on er very early in our conversation around, you know, the purpose of boundaries and what boundaries aren't, you said that boundaries aren't about changing other people, boundaries are for you, right? And so this kind of framework that you laid out around, if you do this, then I will X. And that's the key part, right? Is recognizing that the person on the other side of the boundary still has complete and total freedom around their thoughts, their feelings, their actions. But what you've made clear is what your response will be. Did I pick up on on that kind of framework correctly? 
Yeah, 100%. I think that is kind of the key idea of boundaries is not just making it known, you know, that either you feel uncomfortable or, you know, something is not working for you, but really, you know, what you're willing to kind of follow through with ending the conversation, walking away from the conversation, not participating in it. And, you know, you really, when setting the boundary, want to feel if not a hundred percent, at least most of the time that you can follow through with the boundary, because if not, then to the other person, they're not going to take it so seriously. You know, maybe they hear that you're uncomfortable, but don't see you walking away or, you know, taking any action to prove that. So they might kind of continue on in their behavior because you have not made it clear that, they have to stop it too. Yeah. I think that can be one of the hardest parts about, it's hard to set a boundary, but it's oftentimes even more difficult to follow through on a boundary because again, that fear comes in around, am I making other people uncomfortable? Um, Do I look dramatic, right? We would just worry a lot about how we'll be perceived or how we'll make other people feel. But I think it's really important to recognize that If there is a need for a boundary and you either aren't setting it or you aren't following through on, you know, how you're going to react when that boundary is violated, the only person that's negatively impacted in that scenario is you. And that's the whole point of setting boundaries is to make sure that your needs are being met. Yeah, 100%. And kind of going off of that, I think out of protection for ourselves, you know, we often do think of worst case scenario, that person will be really disappointed, they'll be mad at us, it'll end the relationship. But often, you know, we're catastrophizing their reactions when I'd say most of the time, if they are really your loved ones, they will understand, they will respect your needs and your decisions, and they will try to support you even if they don't understand too. So know that, you know, catastrophizing is really out of protection for yourself, but coming back to, you know, your intentions are good. We are still not sure what the impact is going to be, but it likely won't be as bad as you think. Absolutely. And I think that's another I think common misconception around boundary setting is we think that setting a boundary needs to be this like difficult, serious conversation. Like, okay, let's have a sit down talk and I'm going to set a hard boundary, right? But there's like, you never hear soft boundary. You always hear it's a hard boundary, right? But I think tone and like your choice Mm -hmm. of language matters when you're setting a boundary and saying like, listen, I know your intentions are good. Like I know when you comment and you asked me if I've lost weight, like I know you mean it as a compliment and I so appreciate it. And it's not particularly helpful in the, you know, part of the journey that I'm in. So I would love it if instead you commented on the energy I I bring into the room, or if you compliment my dish that I brought to, or whatever. I think there's helpful ways of setting boundaries, ways that help the person on the other side of the boundary, not feel on the defensive and, help them learn, right? Help them learn how you do want them to to react, right? And how you do want them to behave in response to you. Does that, does that make sense? A hundred percent, it makes sense. Yeah, I think you know the relationship best, right? How is that person going to receive it best? Maybe you, you know, come in with a lighter attitude about mm-hmm. it. Like, hey, I know, I know you love complimenting this or you know, about diets, but really 
it's just not helpful and like that's just not working for me anymore or however you want to say it and i think definitely working with that person to you know receive the boundary and help them understand is helpful and you know i think a lot of the pressure falls on the person setting the boundary to really do it in the right way mm -hmm. and make it super clear you know what it is that they want but i also think you know we have to consider how to receive a boundary you know oh. when someone else sets that boundary, what is an appropriate and helpful response? You know, in your mind, it might be, why are they doing this? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to respect that. But outwardly, right, showing that respect, showing that understanding and allowing them to meet their needs, whatever that means too. That is really interesting. We could do like a whole other podcast episode <laughs> yes. about being on the receiving end of a boundary. That is, mm -hmm. hmm, that's an interesting, that's an interesting one. Okay, I have two questions for you. One is, and this is kind of around like just the practicalities of setting a boundary, because I'm thinking about our listeners here. We're again, we're like three, four days away from the holiday season. And I just want to make sure that, you know, we're adequately uh supporting them as they as they get into it. So what are your thoughts? Because having these conversations in real time, face to face, can be really difficult. So what are your thoughts on like preempting, let's say, a holiday dinner by texting your mom or sister-in-law and saying, hey, just so you know, before this meal, insert boundary here. What do you think about doing that kind of preemptively and, and honestly, like with a little bit of that digital um, strength? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that idea. I think taking action always feels better than not taking action. Mm. And if you know yourself and in that moment, your nerves might get the best of you or, you know, it's there's a lot of people there and it doesn't really feel, you know, appropriate to make a big statement out loud. Yeah. too. definitely texting or having that conversation beforehand probably coming from, you know, a place where you're feeling, you know, mentally and emotionally at a more rational state to really have an articulate conversation with someone, I think will always, if, you know, most of the time just feel good for you to take that action. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So that's, that's a hot tip. If you're kind of freaking out about how to set a boundary, like, at on Christmas Eve dinner or something, do it now. Just send a text in advance like, hey, FYI, not having diet talk this year. And if you want to have diet talk, totally fine, totally up to you, but I will just excuse myself. And you can prime the friends and family members that you're going to see over the holidays with, with that. So that's a pro tip. Okay, so my other question, and I think I've done this before with my family members, like my close family members. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on like having someone set a boundary for you. And what I mean by that is, let's say I didn't feel necessarily comfortable telling my extended family that I don't want to talk about diets, I don't want to talk about bodies this year, but like maybe like my sister or my mom could kind of do it on my behalf. Um, or if, you know, let's say you just went through a breakup or you lost a job or something, there's sensitive subject matter that, you just don't want to have to touch during the holiday season. Can I pass that kind of message along to my mom, my sister, whoever the case may be, to pass it along to the broader group? And is that is that a way of forming and setting a boundary? Yeah, I think so. I think if you feel like you're the one that is articulating what you want and giving that kind of um, guidance 
clearly to, you know, this person to tell this person, if that all feels in your control and you feel okay about that, I think however you set the boundary and if that works for you, great, right? If it's looking out for your best interests, I don't really care how the boundary gets, you know, communicated mm-hmm. to that person. So a hundred percent, right? If if it's feeling like it is going to be helpful, if it feels too overwhelming to have to communicate that to someone else, yeah, pass the, you know, pass the baton to someone you feel like can best support you in that. I love that. Okay, so y'all, so if you're sitting here thinking like I cannot have all these hard conversations on Christmas Day or, you know, whatever the case may be, New Year's Eve. You can text in advance, communicate that way. You can, you know, be thoughtful in how you write it. Sometimes, I don't know, I often feel that I write better than I talk. So that can be helpful. Or again, recruiting someone who's very close to you, who has your best interests in mind to help circulate your boundary to a broader group. That can also make it so that you don't spend the entire holiday season just talking about your boundaries and your needs and you can actually focus on like having a nice time. Yes, please do that. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else that we like didn't touch on as it pertains to boundaries? Anything that you want our listeners to to take home with them? Um, I think I'll just drive home that boundaries come from a place of self-love. It is looking out for yourself and your needs. And again, boundaries are not about changing someone else as upsetting as that might be to hear, you know, kind of trusting that this boundary is about you and not the other person. Um, And as always, just offer yourself that unlimited self-compassion in this and boundary setting and overall, because even if you set that boundary, it might be hard to follow through with it 100% of the time. But if you don't, just use that as an opportunity to grow and stay curious what made it difficult to either follow through with that boundary and get to know what's going to help you most next time too. I love that. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining me on the pod today. I appreciate you for being here. For We had a number of technical difficulties, but we made it. Um, and I am wishing you, Julie, and everyone listening, happy holidays, happy new year, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, everyone. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of the Flourish Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a second to leave us a five-star review or better yet, share it with a friend. And if you're ready to start your own journey to get healthy for good with accountability from expert coaches and the support of an incredible community, head to the show notes to get started on your Flourish journey. I'll see you in the next episode.